Find out why more and more people are betting with Betfred. They make betting on sports super easy. Betfred's new app makes it super simple to place your bet and even offers protection like bad beat bonuses, college basketball, NBA, NHL, MMA, and motorsports. Download the Betfred Sports app today on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Betfred Sports 2024, Episode 2. We learned something from the last podcast, and that is Dr. Rob is a history junkie. Big time. And in the feedback that came from the Damon Benning episode, Rob, there's a lot of history junkies out there like you, because they were like, we're all over the history podcast. Well, did you see the one tweet I put about about the, there's the, I think the guy's like a college professor. No, he's a lawyer out in Virginia who purchased a home that was for sale because I think he and his wife suspected that it was a revolutionary war fort that historians have been looking for for decades. Was it? And they just, all they needed to do was get in there. So they purchased it from this little old lady who finally sold it got in there, started stripping plaster off the walls and discovered underneath a nearly 200-year-old, uh, well, more than that, 250-year-old Revolutionary War fort. So you geeked out on that. Man. Oh, my God. He's got this, <laughs> the guy's got this entire Twitter thread, photographic thread, where he goes through and breaks down how they've kind of been renovating and stripping everything off clothing they're finding in old attics that have been sealed off for decades, stuff like that. Is it haunted? I'd think that'd be haunted, man. I'd- well, I don't know. They haven't talked about that yet, but I would be shocked if it wasn't. Of course, we are in the off-season. That means we are doing interviews, and we need to welcome to the basement uh, the one, the only ESPN baseball commentator, runs Colliers International in Omaha, the one, the only... Kyle Peterson. I mean, he's a Stanford grad. He's got to be kind of a geek for history you know, stuff. So now, see... You don't get out of Stanford doctor, without he's being a Stanford knowledgeable. Grad. That means I'm the dumbest fuck in this thing, man. I am the yes. dumbest fucker sitting it did, here. To be fair, it, t- it took me eight years to graduate. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> but you got years. it done. Well, I did get it. A lot of guys go it to college for seven years. Yeah, <laughs> they've got your degree, not mine. Now, to be fair, after your junior year, you also got, what, a $1.4 million signing bonus. You got to play baseball for a little bit. Yeah, I did. We had to piece it together a little bit after that. Yeah, and then the shoulder stopped working, and he went, you know what? Maybe I ought to go back and finish this thing up. I, I don't know. Baseball thing isn't going to work anymore. You know, it, it's funny because, I, I mean, I remember when you were drafted, and uh, you were you were my intern at at KPTM, oh, that's my claim to fame. Kyle was Kyle was my intern, <laughs> but you know, with NIL today, and I'm just jumping right into this. You see all these guys making money. When you got your big signing bonus, and I was it 1.4? Was that about? It was. It was yeah. 1.4. Yeah. How did you handle 1.4 million at, at 21 years old? I bought a ring. <laughs> A wedding ring, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you did something smart. That's good. I remember my dad looked at me. He's like, you're going to do what? Are you just saying, I know, I know. Um, no, I mean, I had wanted a forerunner, so I bought a forerunner. Um, and that was about it. Toyota, that's a it. sensible vehicle. Yeah, I, I wanted this car since I was 16 years old. So bought that and then put the rest to work. Probably, I mean, had a little bit too much fun. I, I tell you what I had done. In high school, I don't remember who brought the bet up, but the bet was if I was ever a first-rounder, I had to fly everybody to Vegas, 
all my high school buddies. And at the time, you're like, yeah, whatever. Well, then it actually happens. <laughs> and the, the calls were not necessarily, hey, congrats on getting drafted. It was, when the hell are we going to Vegas? And it didn't take long. So I, t- I think I took 12 guys. So you had so to fly everybody to Vegas. Did you have to yeah. pay for the whole weekend? Put them up. Put them, flew into Vegas, put them up. And then whatever they did after that was on them. But yeah, so we I took a whole crew out there. Now your was agent good. was Scott Boris, correct? It was. So was Boris going? No, you're not going to do this. No, I didn't bring him into that conversation. That that one I left out. He had already done his part. So no, that that one that one was on me. I I opened my mouth and it was yeah, it was great, man. I mean, I, I ended up there. There were there was a few more close friends that I thought I had um, that that just ended up in Vegas. So it oh yeah yeah I was there. All right, great, you're coming too. Jump on. All prep grads or not? All prep guys, yeah. Wow. Was your phone ringing before the draft or after the draft? No, it it was – well, I mean, there was no cell phones, right? So, But I was in town because I got drafted when we were playing the series. Um, And, yeah, there was a few of them there. And we're in the middle of it trying to win the whole damn thing. And they're coming up going, hey, when are we going to Vegas? I'm like, dude, I haven't even signed. I have not even signed. What the hell is that? You guys hear that? You help our elderly to have food and medicine. And you help us evacuate. You got a video going on your computer there, Trav. Trav, you got to push. But what are we doing over here? I thought this was like. I have no idea what that is. And for your trust. No. To make it easier for you to support Ukrainians. No. We did. Where is now that we really from? know what Apparently you're looking at on the internet. You need to just close all your windows. I am. That, that was, was awesome. I know you got like 13 cameras here, but seeing you frantically try to figure out what was happening right there and just <laughs> closing every single window. And, and no, 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 not that one. The, I don't want that one out there. The thing is, I don't think it went on the recording So because you can only hear it in the headphones, so I don't think it went on the tape. So oh. people are going to be like, what, what, what are they are even talking about? What are you guys talking about? And we're not going to edit that out. I mean, we're just going to show it as it's for real. That was kind of funny. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh man! So where were we? Oh, you, you were. Yeah, you were trying to win it all because that college that's, world series. That's when the that's yeah. when the draft was taking place during the college world series. That has since changed. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? I mean, um, I, I like it better than then. I mean, I, I was. I mean, I literally got drafted on the field during batting practice, doing the bucket. So I had pitched before. So I, during batting practice, I had to be the guy that got all the balls and ran them in. But yeah, I mean, our, our SID came running out and said, hey, Milwaukee just took you. And then we played Auburn like an hour later. It was an interesting day. And and it, thankfully, they've changed it because, I mean, think about this. And we, we've talked about this in the Major League draft before. But can you imagine the NFL draft taking place yeah, an hour the before Bowl. the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Like there's no – and you're trying to – because you're negotiating. I mean, you've got – are you going to take that? And that was kind of the night before. It wasn't necessarily that day. Like if we take you here, will you take this? Football and basketball would never. You're going to do that during the Final Four? Oh, never have a draft during the Final Four. But baseball had it at that point. Thankfully, now it's moved to where they do it on All Star Weekend, and that one we've been able to do that show for the last few years. That's at least. But your season's done. You can. You're not worrying about it. Dansby, I remember Dansby Swanson got drafted. He was a first or second pick. I don't remember what he was that year. Like five minutes after their Super Regional game. So you're playing at the time the most important game of your entire life. And literally sometimes during those games, there'd be a guy come down to the dugout and go, hey, the Cubs just called. Will you take X? It's, and it, like he's due up third. I mean, that, that's the way that's that, it, that they did it at me. that point. It, it was, I mean, it's adult dollars, obviously. Yeah. 
Because I'm because the closest example I'd have to this. So one of the guys I work with is Monte Cristo. Yeah. His son Drew plays for is a pitcher for Nebraska, and when Drew graduated high school, the draft that spring, summer I guess, um, watching them go through that same process because it's sort of this. Well, you come up with a number if the number. If the number is good enough, you'll take the the offer and get drafted because they, they talk about it beforehand. There's kind of this sort of this pre-negotiation now, it seems. And if the number's not good enough or you're, the, the draft position's not good enough, okay, I'm taking the scholarship to college and I'm going to go play college ball. And so I'm sitting there thinking about what you're telling me right now. And the, like I said, the constant context I have – is Drew going through that process and watching Monty and Drew and their you basically get a lawyer on retainer. You can't sign with an agent, but you're working with a lawyer who acts as an advisor going through that type of process. And I'm sitting there going, well, you're telling me right now, wait a second, that was happening during and between games? Yeah. In essentially what is the NC2A baseball playoff. So yeah. how is that not a distraction for a player? Were you distracted It's got to be a time? huge distraction. Oh, yeah, I got bombed. I mean, oh, I remember. booze bomb, but yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> I think it's and, still and going. <laughs> it's, it's not fair to say that, that one had anything to do with the other. I mean, LSU was loaded that year. But, um, you know, it, it's for some guys, it may be the most important financial decision you make in your life. I mean, depending on what happens after that. And you're 21 years old, and you're playing. For here. most guys, it's got to home. Be yeah. yeah, and and so I remember the night before. I mean, I had talked to the Brewers called that night and said, "If you're there at 13, we're going to take you at 13." We didn't talk numbers, and I was fortunate because Scott had well Brandon Larson who actually hit a home run off me in the series. Larson went like 15th to the Reds, and I went 13th. And Scott had Larson, and Scott called and said, "Hey, don't sign, just wait. Let me get Larson done." And I promise you the number's going to change because the Brewers had said, hey, we'll pay you whatever market is. Well, he went and got Larson more money than he was supposed to get in that spot, and then everything changed, and I signed two days later. But that was – because I don't know how it goes in different sports, but baseball standpoint, you're paying 5% of what your signing bonus is. I mean, Scott made me a hell of a lot more than that in a week just by saying, hey, I know what I can get with the Reds. Just hang out. Once we get that deal done, then we'll get yours done. Did you even – balk at that when he said don't sign were you like what do you mean don't sign oh dude i remember when they came in the house they came in the house and they give you this contract because I mean, there's probably some guys that sign it and it, the the first number is there and it was like a million sixty or something and i'm 21 going oh my god like you, you don't want me to sign this you're shitting me like <laughs> No, we're sitting in my living room. My dog's sitting there looking at me. Even he's like, you dumbass. They're offering you a million bucks. Like, sign the thing. And so you got to act in some way, like, kind of, nah, you know, that's really nice of you. We're going to take some time to really think this over. And then the guy leaves. And you're like, what the hell was I doing? Like, what if they don't, what if they come back and say, you know what, never mind. Actually, we're just kidding. Was we're, that Sal Bando at the time? Way. Was he the it GM? It was Sal. Yeah, it was Sal. Awesome guy. Wow. Awesome guy. Yeah, it didn't work out so well for the Brewers. The old return on investment on that one was not the best that they had hoped for in the first round. But yeah, it was an interesting process. Well, you went through it. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, well, and the whole market value thing. I, I mean, so that happened with me and my agent at the. And now we weren't talking. What round did you go? In? I, I was fourth round. Okay, which it was not a million dollars. 
Um, the uh, which at the time I should probably clarify, the NFL was the lowest paid professional sports league. I think it still is. Between Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and NFL, I think the NFL is still to this day the lowest paid of the form of the four big sports. And not leagues. guaranteed. I mean, I guess yeah. pieces of it are guaranteed. Yeah. So, um, but no, the, my agent did the exact same thing where he was like, hey, we're going to talk about this. We're not going to sign anything right away. And you saw a couple of contracts get offered, and it was like, Hey, but this other guy who just signed and he got drafted after Rob, he just signed for X amount more than what you're offering us. He got drafted after <sighs> Rob. You got to give us more than that because Rob got picked ahead of him and you're the Giants assistant GM at the time. God damn it. Okay, fine. Um, now, did you have an agent? Yeah. Now, this was – Post grad, I mean, this is after yeah. the after the Orange Bowl game. So I'd graduated the year before, and so school's done, eligibility's done. So, um, you graduate in four years or three years? Four. All right. Played five. I mean, did redshirted oh, and yeah, played yeah. four after the redshirt. So I was there for five, including my redshirt year there for five seasons. But um, he could have graduated in two. I mean, I'm oh, sure he could have. He's that smart. No, I know. If I didn't play football, I probably could have. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would say that. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's factually. If accurate. you throw I mean, summer not... school and some night classes in, you could pull it off. How fast could you have done medical school? Well, no, that's kind of like a set schedule. They don't. It's not like you're just like. If it wasn't set, how fast could you have done it? Oh. God, if you condense it down, you could do med school in three. But I'm saying that because they give you like a they give you like five weeks off at Christmas break, and your first two summers are essentially off. Pack fill those in with some classes. And, and how long rotations. did you have to do a residency? Four. Four years of residency, and then four years of med school. Yeah, okay. so twelve total. And there was a year of grad school looped in there when I was playing my fifth year. So. Yeah, but what'd you take? Did you take a full schedule on your grad school? I had to. So, okay, so here's the side story. If you graduate in four and play that fifth year, you have to take a full load of grad school courses. Like real courses? Well, you can take whatever you want, I guess, really. But it's. I, I was still thinking I'm going to med school, so... I did endocrinology and had a couple of other like science-based courses. So, well, now, now here's no. the thing. Here's what the I'll tell you why. Tell well, you why in here's a minute, what but. the here's what the real smart kids did. So I had a whole slew of buddies, and all of them were actually per, super bright guys. So playing football, you get one credit hour. It's it's one single. You play a college sport. Most schools each year you get a credit hour. Yeah, you get one PE credit hour okay. for playing an intercollegiate sport. And so what guys would do? So the guy, the, the the smart guys on the team who could graduate in essentially four years would plan this out incredibly intricately, so that at the end of four years. They would they would be one PE one elective PE credit hour shy of graduating because the rule was if you did graduate like 
dumbass nerd I did. Then you had to take the full. Then you had to take a full, a full, a full. You had to be a full time grad student to be eligible to play that last year of eligibility. If you hadn't graduated yet, you only needed to take the credit hours you needed to graduate. So you had all of these guys who show up for that fifth year, and all they had to do was show up and just play football that fall. Get their one PE credit hour, graduate in December. Now, did your grad classes transfer to the med school, or are they just all for nothing? All for nothing. I mean, if I ever wanted to go back and finish a master's, I'm... Maybe only like two semesters shy of a master's. But you learned. You you, you learned. I did. A lot I, of it was the knowledge. It yeah. was the experience. I mean, there's positives out of it. Yeah, your your last semester playing sports and my last semester playing sports were a little bit different academically. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, take me through your schedule. I don't remember the classes. I just remember that we. we so we would take finals sometimes in Omaha. My freshman year, we took finals in Omaha because we were on the quarter system, and so everything was late. And so that year we were taking finals and we got back and I had already been drafted. I'm like, well, I don't want to go to finals. I mean, I kind of want to go play golf. So <laughs> I called, I called one of my professors and I said, will you do me a favor and add my grade up if I don't go to the final? And she's like, are you serious? I've never had anyone answer that question. I said, yes, please just add my grade up. If I don't go to the final and let me know what I get. And she called me back like 15 minutes later, and she said, you would get a C minus. I said, I really enjoyed your class. <laughs> she goes, are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm not going to be at the final, but I did really enjoy your class. <laughs> and I got a C minus, and I passed. And it was my idiot mind at the time, because I'm like, I'm going to play forever, and why, why would I do any of this? And I ended up, it cost me, I, had to, I mean, I had to go back and do essentially a full quarter again, because um, so I was a total jackass. What did you? What is your degree in? Communication. Okay. Yeah, but we didn't have anything broadcasting-wise. Like, I did some stuff for the student radio station. Like, I did a a weekly football preview show for the whole Pac-10. That had to have been kind of fun, though. That would I would it have loved fun. something yeah, like that. I, I would be really interested to go back and listen to it again, just to see all the idiotic stuff I was Yeah, but did you enjoy it? Oh, God, it was the best. I, I mean, that was great. I, I mean, that's true, why I called yeah. him. True, true story. And... and it, First of all, when did you know you want to be a broadcaster? And I'll never forget, it was my first year at KPTM. I think it was 1994. I think you were just done with your freshman or sophomore year. I get this phone call randomly in the office, and he's like, yeah, this is Kyle Peterson. I go, yeah, I know who you are. He goes, I'm looking for an internship. Okay, sure, if you want to intern, that's great. But, I mean, when did you know you wanted to be a broadcaster? Um, I mean, I guess I didn't really know it growing up, but I always paid attention to it differently. Um, I mean, I was a Braves fan, and so it was. The, that's when the Braves sucked. But it was either the Braves, the Mets, or or the Cubs. I mean, it was the only three you could watch all yeah. the time. So I'd watch the Brave guys all the time, and it was like Pete Van Weeren and Sutton and uh, Chip Carey. Chip Carey's dad. Why am I blanking on this? Skip. Skip. Skip Carey was doing it. That was, and so that's what I watched, and and. I don't know. I remember just paying attention to it differently than watching the game, like the way that they presented it and the in and the out and everything else. And then we would screw around on the bench in high school and act like we were calling a game. And it was me and Ben Fogarty and usually there was a few other idiots sitting next to us and and we would just do it. I don't know why, but but there wasn't ever any thought like, hey, this is what I want to do. I just enjoyed doing it. Um, And then ultimately when I got released, 
And I knew I was going to get released. I had had three shoulder surgeries. I sucked. It didn't work anymore. And it was spring training of 03. Uh, and I remember I called my dad. I had just got a cell phone like a year or two before. And I called my dad before I went in. And the way that they, they did it, I think maybe I've told you this story, but in spring training, and I was in minor league spring training, but they give you meal money on Mondays. Well, they're not going to give you meal money on Monday if they're going to cut you. So Monday was a cut day. And there was always a guy standing with a clipboard right by the door when you'd walk in. And if you made it past the clipboard, the turd. you're good for the week. Yeah, it's the same thing. But if you don't make it past the clipboard, you, ain't, you, you know exactly what's going on. So I called my dad when I was outside. I said, hey, I think I'm getting released. I think I'm going to not get past the clipboard. I'm going to walk in. I think I'm getting released. And it was one of the coolest conversations I ever had with my dad, just about like the last however many, 25 years, 22 years, whatever it was, playing baseball and the ride and everything else. And sure as hell, walked in and he said, hey, Reed's got to see you. Who's You didn't want to see Reed. And then you're sitting outside. And there's benches, and there's like four guys sitting out there waiting for the director of player development. So, and all four office. of you know what's happening, right? Everybody knows what the hell's going on. How uncomfortable like, is that? Nobody talks. I mean, at least in that case, nobody was talking because, I mean, it was like waiting to get shot. I mean, you knew exactly what was going to happen when you walked in. And they kind of give you this story of, you know, hey, you know, it's this isn't working. And I wasn't ready to really accept reality. I, there was a game in that spring training. We had a, a Dominican kid named Luis Martinez who pitched a little bit in the big leagues, and I was throwing in a double-A game. And I get done, and I felt good. Like, I'm like, all right, this is coming back. Went out two or three innings, didn't give up any runs. And he brings a pitching chart over to me, and he's got this way confused look on his face. He looks at the chart, he looks at me, he looks at the chart, looks at me. He said, did, did you throw any fastballs? And I look in the the, the – um, the pitch that I threw that was the fastest was 81 miles an hour. You were probably throwing and, that and in I sixth thought, grade. Yeah, and at the time, I'm like, hey, this is feeling good. And it was at that time you're like, all right, this ain't going to work. You couldn't tell you were only throwing 81 no, miles an hour? No, I felt good. I felt it's good, like, but I'm there was just nothing gas. left. There was absolutely nothing left. And I had had my third surgery, um, Dr. Job did. It was Job and Dr. Yoakum. <clears throat> and Job, when, when I woke up, Job was the one, and he's like, I don't know what to tell you, but you got a shoulder that's – like a 55, 60-year-old, and we just – we can't do anything. And close back up and still in your mind. And I I mean, you had to have battled through injuries. There's no other way to do it if you're playing football. Three, but Three shoulder surgeries. Yeah. And so, I mean, I had labor, I had cuff. They shrunk my capsule. They didn't even do that anymore. Um, I had that same thing, capsular orophy. That sucked. Coming back from that one wasn't fun. Yeah, it's just because there's no, there's no strength left after it. It tightens the joint back up, but there's no strength there. Well, and our thing, because I threw, is then you had to get it to where there was yeah. enough elasticity that you could throw it and just getting through the scar, whatever. This is boring medical shit, but uh, it was... I'm with a doctor. I get yeah, this all the time. Yeah, yeah, there's like zero elasticity after that procedure. Yeah. It sucks. For a football player, it's different. We just need it to stay right there. You didn't want it to move. Mine had yeah. to move. And, um, but no, it was... So I called Hendry. Because Jim was the the GM of the Cubs at that point, and I said, "Hey, I still think I can play." And he called me back, and he goes, "I got to be honest with you. Like, the reports aren't very good." He goes, "I got a job in Double A. If you want a job in Double A, I got a job in Double A. You can go pitch in where wherever the hell it was, West Tennessee or something like that." And it took me two or three days, and finally, I woke up, looked in the mirror one day. I'm like, "You know what? You ain't good enough anymore. It's just the way it is. You can do whatever you want." You can work your ass like it doesn't work anymore. You're not good. I, would, I didn't want to go pitch in double A. If I was going to pitch, I wanted to 
make sure that I could pitch in the big leagues again, or I'm not going to go back and do it. It's time to to do something else. And Jim was the one that, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally, was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work anymore. How many full seasons did you get in the bigs? Did you get a full None. I mean, I've got a year and a half of time, but it was, I got up, went up at the All-Star break in 99, had my first shoulder surgery. So 2000, I was on the roster the whole year, but I didn't throw a pitch. So how does, one was up for like how does that count? Toward, like with your retirement, what, what's your retirement count for the NFL? You've got to have three seasons. Three seasons, and, so. and and if you're on the active roster, like suiting up for the game, if you're on the active roster for three games, and I mean it's not a real high threshold, but if you're on the active roster for any three games in a given season, that counts as a season. Okay. So, so you only yeah. get a year and a half of retirement time with Major League Baseball? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ours was like um, 45 days, I think is what it was. So it was cut into corners, or maybe it's 50 days. I don't know what it is. But it was if you're there 45 days, same thing, active, right? You don't have to play. Not even active if you're on the DL accounts. So, yeah, it was like a year and a half, which crazily, I mean, it, it, they said. Yeah, IR playing. counted for us. Yeah. Because I had a year on IR, and that counted towards retirement. But there's still like a decent amount a month when I'm 60, whatever the hell it is. If I'm still, obviously, I should stop doing Zins apparently, but if I'm still hanging around when I'm in my <laughs> so 60s. Pre podcast um, discussion with yeah, the doctor. I mean, for a guy that kind of sucked and, and won five games in his career, they actually, they're going to send you a check every month. So no, the the MLBPA is they they've done a lot of good stuff over the years. Do you think your shoulder surgery? Because you played at a time when little league coaches were were throwing you all the time, and I think Mark was three. I'm not sure that's changed. Yeah, maybe maybe so. But uh, did you throw way too much when you were younger? Throw a lot my freshman year. I mean, my freshman year, and I didn't. I I threw a fair amount in high school, but then I had a back deal my senior year, so I didn't throw a bunch. And then my freshman year. I mean, I had 10 complete games my freshman year. In, in high school in, or no, freshman? college. So I had like, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 starts. I had 10 complete games. Wow. And I didn't know any difference. So we were. it, it was the days of the six-team regionals. And we opened with Arkansas. I threw against Arkansas. Went complete, I don't know, 120, 130 pitches. Then came back on two days rest and threw 150 or something against Texas Tech and beat them to get to Omaha. And then came back on like four or five days rest in Omaha and threw a complete game against Clemson. And I went to the Cape to pitch, and I got out there and was done. Like couldn't – which sucked because the Cape is amazing. But I was done. But the other thing is like I wouldn't change one damn thing. Nothing. If it didn't work anymore, it didn't work anymore. I got to pitch in Omaha twice, man. Like if it blows out and I don't pitch in the big leagues, that's a pretty damn good run. I I, I don't – I wouldn't change a thing. When you were growing up, you played for the Gladiators, correct? For a little bit. Then Pace Center when it started, yeah. So I I guess my point is, back then, and I'm old enough to remember, those were like the the two teams, right? Do you like where select ball is now? Because I don't even think Uh, it's select. No, I mean, I'll, I'll bring it back to my kid. Like, my kid, you know, in quotes, played select basketball growing up until he was in seventh grade. It was select basketball because you wrote a check. I mean, it's the only select thing about it. And there was 18 teams, and they slot you and everything else. I don't know. I mean, I think opportunity is a good thing. The part I don't know how much you guys have talked about this in the past. The 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 specialization stuff is the stuff that drives me nuts because I've yet to talk to one college baseball coach that says I only want the guy that just plays baseball. 
And especially if you get the kids from the Midwest that are multi-sport guys, when they go to college and they're just focusing on one sport, whatever the hell it is, the jump is is many times very different because they're just focused on that for the first time. And it hasn't been year on year out or day in, day out for years only doing that. So that's a part that bothers me. But I don't know. The selecting is if it gives kids opportunity, great. I just I hate the stories of Jimmy's you know, fourth grade coach said, Hey, you can't play basketball because you got to focus on. Well, basketball. it's interesting because I, I, in, I'm going to make a lot of people in Nebraska mad for saying this. I think volleyball has ruined high school basketball more than anything yeah. because, and you'll, you'll hear John Cook, you'll hear Christian Barenthal Booth, you'll hear these people say, We, we want multi sport athletes. Well, then tell your AAU teams not, your main recruiting season is the AAU season. All these girls are scared to go play high school basketball because they're, yeah. they're, they're and it's just like your your daughter goes to Marion, my daughter goes to Marion. There's a lot of good volleyball players who should be playing basketball, but they don't because yeah. they got all this club volleyball. All stuff. of the which I mean, I've got a niece who plays college volleyball, and she's D one kid. She's still at Missouri. No, she's at Arizona State. Really? Because she started yeah. at Missouri, right? Did ended up transferring. Ended up having uh, had a very nice sophomore year at Arizona State. So they had a they had a great run in the in the tournament as well. Um, but no, it's talking to my brother about the recruiting process. God, they didn't care about the, the high school season at yeah. all because your high school team, if you're a really, really good high school team, will have a couple of college volleyball players on it. Your opponent will have a cup, one, maybe two good college volleyball players on it. You go to the club team. Four out of six are college volleyball players. Good on good on. Four or five out of six on the opposing team, every team you play, are college volleyball players. So, yeah, exactly. It's good on good every time. And so that's what the coaches want to see. They don't care about your high school tape. Did you only play baseball in high school? Uh, No, I played sophomore football. So I... I was telling somebody this the other day. I didn't play freshman. I was like five, six my freshman year in high school. And there's no way in hell I was playing freshman football at prep. But then I grew and I wanted to play football. So I got out for the football team and the, and the football coach, the guy named Bob Grant, and he had seen me play baseball and he gets all excited. He's like, you're going to be our quarterback. We're going to throw it all around. Like this is going to be the best thing in the world. Bob Grant had never seen me throw football. <laughs> and the di- first day of sophomore practice started at like 3.30, and at like 4.15, I was a tight end. <laughs> it did not take long at all. The minute that I could not throw – I could throw a spiral underhand, but I could not. I could never throw a spiral underhand. So I played sophomore football, and then I played basketball all the way through, but did like the freshman B team, sophomore team, JV. Finally made varsity my senior year. when We were loaded. I mean, it was like Othello went to East Carolina – Pugh went to KU, played in the Final Four. Timmy Ritter went to Notre Dame and played offensive line. Fogarty and Lordson both. I think there was eight or nine divisions. Were you in? You were in, okay. So you were in Ritter's class. He's a year younger. Okay. Yeah, but I had to guard him every day. I didn't yeah. guard him my, or Pugh. In yeah, my point of reference there is I, I was a fifth year senior at Nebraska when he was a senior at Prep. So yeah. Nebraska tried really hard to get Ritter and. I remember when he came on his official visit, all of us on the old line leaning on him to Yeah. He's a great dude. He's like a he's either a superintendent or a principal out in Colorado right now. Oh uh, awesome. Yeah, really good dude. Now, he, he was, was a he was a, he was a great guy. And I mean God Nebraska we re, we wanted him bad. So Did you go to Stanford with Tiger? Yeah. 
Yeah. Any good Tiger Woods? Story? Tiger lived two doors down. Um, God, yeah, so, yeah but Tiger lived two doors down. doors down. My sophomore year. Um, so freshman year, I had a keg in my room. So we we went to. I had never seen. As I love Jimmy would. Buffett. I, mean. I love Jimmy Buffett. And so Jimmy Buffett came to town, and remember Fred Savage, the guy that was on the Wonder Years. So yeah. Fred Savage was the same year. Reese Witherspoon was the same moly, year. Moly, moly, moly. So hold on, you got Tiger Wood, Fred Savage, Reese Witherspoon. Anybody else? Uh, not in the freshman class. No, there was a few <laughs> others. But um, well, here's this. So the dude. So freshman year, this guy comes by, and I'm playing like NCAA football on Sega with my with my roommate, and some guy knocks on the door. He's like, "Hey." We just started this thing called a search engine. And if you find a website that isn't on the search engine, we'll pay you five bucks. And I remember looking at this guy like, what the hell's a search engine? What the what is he talking? It was the two guys that started Yahoo. They were walking around the freshman because they started it right there. They were walking through the freshman dorm as it was going on. So anyway, we go to the Buffett concert. And my job is to get a keg. So I get a keg and throw it in the back of somebody's pickup, and we go, and it, and it, I've smoked weed probably six times in my life, but it was the first time I ever smoked weed. So the keg gets, the keg's not dead when we get done, so I'm like, well, screw it. I'm not going to – I'll bring the keg back into my room. Don't so the keg's in my that. room. I keep it on ice. Totally and Tiger sense. is – I don't even remember why, but Tiger's in our dorm like a week or two later. The keg's still, the keg's still rolling. And I had like a super big gulp cup that was in the room, and I filled it up with beer like we were going to play quarters, except I grabbed two golf balls and a sandwich and threw them out in the hallway and said, hey, I'm never going to get a chance to play golf with you, so we're going to do it right now. And put the super big gulp at the end of the hallway, and we're trying to chip golf balls in there, and whoever made it, the other guy had to pound the beer. And so technically, <laughs> I'd say I played golf with Tiger, but that was the extent of it, was trying to chip into a super big gulp my freshman year. Was he pretty accurate? Uh, we, yeah, yeah, he's Tiger, man. I mean, he was, yeah, he was, he, he won. Let's say that. Man, see, that, that's a story. I mean, that you'll have that the rest of your life. Your kids won't believe you, though. No, no, no. Yeah, they don't believe me. No, most of the stuff I say, but yeah, there's a, it was an interesting time to be there. It was a super interesting time because it's when all the internet stuff was going crazy and just getting built and, yeah, I mean, a guy that was like two doors down was the fourth guy at Google or something. And I, again, I was the idiot playing NCAA football, probably teams that you were on in Sega instead of being the fourth guy at Google. Bill Walsh. I mean, yeah. college football. Well, yeah, Scott was there. Frost was there. Yeah. Really? My freshman year, Scott was because he's a year older than me. So Scott was there then. I knew him a little bit. I didn't know much. But, um, and then I think it was after that year that he came back. I think he stayed two years. Yeah. Walsh was- made him into a safety. Yeah, which actually, I mean. Well, that's what he played in the NFL, wasn't it? Yeah. Which I remember Walsh said, they interviewed Walsh at one point, asking him about it. Because I think, I'm trying to remember, I think the quarterback for Stanford, was that Steve Stenstrom at the time? Stenstrom was there, and, a, and then a guy yeah. named Mark Butterfield. Okay. And I, and I just remember, you know, Frost played, I mean, Frost played quarterback a bit, but he couldn't get past Senstrom, if I recall. And Stenstrom played, he played for a while. Yeah, a I mean, he was a guy. really, really good quarterback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I remember Bill Walsh saying that if Scott really dove hard into the safety position, Walsh thought he could be the best safety he'd coached since Ronnie Lott. Yeah, he made the comment, I remember, he said, I think Scott yeah. Frost can be an all-pro safety. Yeah. And then obviously that's when he – I mean, it worked out pretty well when he came back. But, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. 
Hey, uh, quick reminder that Fred is your guy when you want to bet. Now uh, get the no sweat first bet bonus when you uh, place a qualifying bet of $20 or more. You'll be matched with a Fred bet up to $105. If it loses, use the promo code RUSH on the Betfred Sports app. Basketball season is back and better than ever thanks to Betfred's new trade day promo. Every week, one lucky Wednesday game will be selected with as the trade day game of the week where you could get a Fred bet for every three-pointer made by the top scorer. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in the states where Betfred is doing business. And you can find those at betfredsports.com. And if you do have a gambling problem, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Connor Orr at Orrin Horrigan is our NIL expert and registered sports agent. Connor is also focused on corporate and personal injury litigation in both the Nebraska and Iowa. He can work with you on your business planning, estate planning, and real estate transactions. Call Connor today at 402-408-6488 or visit orinhorrigan.com. Don't forget about Husker Hounds. they got the Christmas blowout sale going on right now. You can get 50% off uh, some really good items like sweatshirts, hoodies, glassware, and volleyball gear. And the new spring apparel line is coming in February. So 2024, by the way, is going to be Husker Hounds' 29th year in business. Two locations in the Omaha area. And don't forget about our friends at Centris Federal Credit Union. Uh, this will be their 90th year in business this year. 128,000 members strong. They have 15 locations in Nebraska and Iowa, federally insured by NCUA. Look at your sponsors. I got like a full page read right I go out here and time. sell this wow. shit, man. That's what I do. That's how, that's, that's how this basement takes place, right? This and, is legit down there, by the way. Now, and, and Owen's a visionary, so he's about ready. To, we, we just redid this all not too long ago, and now he wants to rip the whole damn thing up. When, when are you going to take all the walls out? Yeah, I've been, I'm not Which sure when I'm going to have time, but I, I, I want to get some more. Uh, I want to make it a little better down here. Yeah. What, well, he's wanted what, to do the, redo the desk, which I think is really nice. I like your so oh, Owen, what do we go what do we gotta change? Well, what I want I mean, I want to make it a little more uh more of a set, I think. Uh and I want to do like uh fabric on the walls for sound oh. deadening all the way okay. around. Okay. I want to wow. get a different lighting uh in the yeah. ceiling, and then I want to do like a tongue and groove wood paneling on that back wall. We got ideas. <laughs> we got ideas. Owen's not light on ideas, I don't think. By the way, <laughs> Like a lot of our our midweek, if we're going to do like a game on ESPNU or SEC Network, we've got like a five camera show. Mm -hmm. We literally have like a five camera show when we're sitting right here. No one wants to change anything. I mean, we shoot baseball games like this (laughs) that we're doing a three man podcast. In the basement. Yeah, we've got four cameras here. Then no one's got a camera on him. Yeah. Five. We got. A, I think an eight camera s- switcher back there. I could add. I could add more switcher. cameras. Switcher. Look at you. Yeah. So it's we're looking for investors. Does D one Baseball dot com want to uh, want to invest? Well, <laughs> well, if you can mix it into the read, then maybe we'll see. <laughs> I could easily mix it into the read. Speaking of D one Baseball, uh, one month from. Well, we're recording this on the fifteenth, so one month from tomorrow, which is the sixteenth, college baseball starts. Yeah. And the reason we're having you in so early, because I knew if you didn't get in now, not not, we're not going to see you till College World Series. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how busy you are. I mean, how, first of all, you get done playing pro baseball, you're probably sitting there going, what the hell am I going to do? I, I like selling commercial real estate, or maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you know you want to be a broadcaster. How did that? How did you get in with ESPN? Well, I wasn't doing real estate then. I mean, it, it was I got released and and trying to trick myself for a month that I could still play. And then I called Scott Boris and said, Hey, I'd love to try to figure out some way to get into baseball. And, and so he called ESPN and it was just like total dumb luck. Oh, three. So I got released in Oh, three. Oh, three was the first year of super regionals and ESPN was putting them on, but it was literally on pay-per-view. So 
they needed people because they had never had that much, that many games at one time. And so they gave a few of us a chance that had never done it. And I, they asked for a tape. I'm like, I like, I mean, the only tapes I have are like interviews. I've never done a game. So the first you had, game you had I a tape did, on the KPTM set. I had that I, on the on the studio. Yeah. Which, <laughs> by the way, remember Byron Wood? Oh yeah. So I go. I'm working at KPTM. First of all, I, I and I wish you could find this. You you gave me a camera. I went down and uh, I don't remember who Nebraska was playing, but Wistrom was there, and Wistrom scored a touchdown. And that was, I was against in the Michigan State. It was against Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken. In Lincoln. He, he recovered a fumble. It would have been 95. Yeah. It would have been the fall of 95. Okay. And it's before I went back to school. Well, Michigan State was – okay, Michigan State was at Michigan State that year. Oh, was it? Yeah, God. in 95. I'm trying to think who it was. It was I, in the I south remember. end zone. I remember. Because when I grew up, we sat in the south end zone. And so I had the camera. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You just gave me a camera and said, go down and shoot stuff. And you ended up using it that night on, and I, like it was one of the proudest moments of my entire life because I like had Wistrom framed up going into the end zone. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Then you told me to cut it, and then I really couldn't do it, so you had to cut it. But um, I don't even know where that story started. But it was at that time, and when I called you, I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, Byron Wood. So I had watched Byron Wood growing up. Because he was on Channel 6. He was on Channel 6, yeah. and he was there. So I go in the first night, and he's doing the news, and he's got like a sport coat on and sweatpants. And I had no idea, because I had never been in there. And he's, he walks out, and he's got sweatpants on. I'm like, Byron Wood wears sweatpants when he's on the news? Like, this is Byron Wood. I didn't know that guys wore sweatpants when they're doing the news. And it totally changed my idea on television at that point. Yeah, it, uh, yeah it's not as glamorous as most people think. It's a little different. So yeah. Boris just gets you in then? So they said, send a tape and said, hey, we need people. And I had a job lined up. I was going to work on the bond floor of Piper Jaffray in Minneapolis. My wife was working up there and they had, I didn't know anything about bonds. And um, <laughs> I never started. I went, said, I'm, I'm going to go do two games at the Super Regional. And they gave me a chance. So I go out and do two games. They call back and said, hey, we want you to come to Omaha. We don't know how we're going to use you. So I came to Omaha. And spent two weeks here, and then that got done. And I had told this Piper, I'm like, hey, give me another two weeks. Finally, they said, hey, we want you to do some more games. I said, guys, I got a, like a pretty damn good job that's sitting there waiting. So if we're going to do this, I got to have some level of a contract. So they signed me for that year and the following year, and I ended up doing Little League World Series and Major League Playoffs that year or leading up to it on radio, and then we were off. Did you find it hard, and don't take this the wrong way, the re- that maybe – was it hard to promote or move up in ESPN because without name recognition? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it was like a ten-year slog, to be honest with you. Yeah, because I mean, like there was no SEC network, there was no Big Ten network, there was no ESPN U. It was ESPN, ESPN two. That was it. And so we didn't have a whole lot of stuff during the regular season that was on TV, baseball wise. It was just the postseason. Um, now I ended up doing some major league stuff the following year, but most of it was on the sidelines. Every once in a while, they mixed me into the booth. But yeah, my name recognition. Every year, you fight the name recognition battle because more people retire, and so you got more people that are trying to stay around it and getting back in. So it took—I don't know—it was probably it had to be damn near ten years, if not more, of really not being in the booth. When I got to Omaha, I was in the booth leading up to it, but then when we got to Omaha, it wasn't. And Harold was doing it, and I don't remember who else was doing it at the time. But um, yeah, it, you always fight that. You got to pee again, Rob? Yeah, beer run. All right, well, look at he's making a you beer run. You got one right here. Have this one. Grab, you want no, one? no, yeah, you can grab me another one. Oh, I'm good. <laughs>
I love this operation. <laughs> it's a pretty loose operation. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Well, you did some Major League Baseball games. Do you wish you were still doing MLB? Uh, I did the I do the playoffs on radio like the first round or two every oh, year, which that. is a blast. So it was me and Dave O'Brien did um, Blue Jays Twins this year, and then I did a few. It's fun. It, I mean, those are a blast. You you forget how good those guys are. I mean, you do, and the college guys are great. Don't get me wrong, but you go to a big league game and you're like, man, this is this is. I mean, they really are the best in the world. So, now I love my gig. I mean, if I could do a few more, great. But um, I mean, I'll do sixty to seventy games a year, and that's plenty. I I love my gigs. Well, during the pandemic, they move you to your basement. I remember I was out at your house one day, and yeah. you were doing Korean baseball. I think uh, you were getting ready to do a Korean baseball game, and they still had you do some college games from the basement. Yeah. Are they totally away from that now? No. You're still doing the basement well, sometimes. Yeah, some, not many, but some. And, and I think it, it'll always be that way. I mean, it was interesting because. I mean, everything stops during the pandemic, and the the Korean KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, which I had never heard of up to that point. I knew they had a league over there, but and that's when Ruff was playing there. It's when Darren was playing, and it was it came back. It was the only live sports, professional sports, in the entire world. There was nothing else going on, and so ESPN looked at it and said, "Well, we, I mean, we do live sports, so if this is the only thing going on in the world, we got to figure out how to get some level of live sports on." So we did six games a week. And there was like, I don't know, probably a half dozen of us that rotated through and did them on the analyst side. But we'd, I'd wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. you go downstairs and flip your kit. They send you all this stuff, and it's it's like your setup. It's two monitors, and, and you know, you, I had a headset like I was sitting in the booth and everything else, and they send somebody in to set it up. But then producers in Bristol or Charlotte, play-by-plays in Chicago or Atlanta or wherever, New York, wherever else, games in Seoul. We don't, I mean, we're getting just a feed that you don't necessarily know what you're going to see because you get in the international feed, the feed that they would watch if they were in Korea, and we call the game. And it was a riot, aside from the fact that you had to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. But Did you get a pronunciation guide? <clears throat> yeah, kind of. But it, it was, I remember, oh, it was a long time ago, probably at least 15 years ago, I was doing a game with Gary Thorne at the Little League World Series. We were doing Chinese Taipei in Poland. <laughs> and they handed they handed him a pronunciation guy before the game, and he wadded it up and he threw it in the corner. I'm like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "If I say it with confidence, it's right." <laughs> so that's what we tried to do on these Korean games. Is first of all, like nobody in South Korea is watching a game. The only people that are watching the game are degenerate gamblers in the United States. That's it because they can actually bet on it. So it's so they, true. No, it's 100 percent true. I would get some of these texts at like four o'clock in the morning from people I hadn't talked to in like nine months. Hey, do you like Samsung or Kia tomorrow? <laughs> Come on. Like, that's where we're at right now? You want me to break down tomorrow's KBO action just so you can lay one and a half against Samsung? Um, and that, that, that was that was where we were. How good a baseball is it over there? Very it's pretty good. good. Is yeah. It? I mean, a few of those guys have come back and have got back into the big leagues. I mean, Darren did it. Yeah. I mean, Darren was there for three or four years and came back, and he's got probably another three or four years in the big league since he went over there. Yeah, it's good. It, it's... It's way top heavy, so like the depth is not there, but the top players are really good players. Yeah. What conversation what we got to walk into? What, what we? What we? You missed out on the uh, the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. Ah, oh, damn uh, it! Okay, so see, that on. was like, that's like my. Hold on, this, I don't know if cameras are going to pick this. I hope you didn't bring this for me. So I know you could beat my ass like any minute if you wanted to, but I want the entire world to know 
that you're about ready to drink a salted chocolate peanut butter stout. Well, I got it for Travis. Is this I'll a regular eat, thing? I'll eat or carbs. Is this? Okay. Well, actually, I was going to go with the. Uh, Where'd that come from? That oh, was from is Craig. From, this is from Craig in Georgia. That's from Craig. Craig so we, Craig's our guy in Georgia so that hooks us up. You know, I work at MCL Construction. Yeah. It is now a part time distributorship because I don't have people ship beer to my house. So all our listeners ship it to MCL. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so. During the season, I'm getting beer deliveries on a daily basis. Like, that's a hell of a way to recruit to MCL. <laughs> it, it you, should wait, you should walk in the break room, see what we got. Tony and Bob walk by like, yeah, really? You, really? More? Do we get any? No, yeah. you, sorry. This is if for, you hang this out here, people will just send you beer. They just send you beer. That's a good Actually, way to I was going to go with the... Okay, so I'm not sure where this one's from. This is Wild Bleep Alpha Abstraction Pale Ale. Is that from the St. Louis brewery that we got? It might be. We're on like the straggler cans now because we've kind of picked through it all. Well, it's wild leap. Where's wild leap out Yeah, you know, I only drink when Rob comes over, which is kind of crazy. Either that, I'm drinking. No, drinking wine. This is from Craig too. It's from Lagrange, Georgia. Okay, so that's got to be from Craig. Yeah, Craig. Craig gives us cool shit. Craig seems. Craig seems like a nice guy. Craig drives up about four times a year. His his ninety. Five ninety-six year old mom still lives here, so he drives from Georgia. Okay, and every time he gets in a car, he goes. He and his son I, I come got up, stock up, load it up. Yeah, load yeah. it up. Yep. But not Craig hooks us up all the time. Yeah, we got we got uh, Cody down in Arkansas. He'll bring like four cases at a time, and Jason out in J- Pen- Jason's Pencil- our man in PA. Pencil- yeah. Okay. Jason and I connected because he's he's from Nebraska originally. Our sons are the same age, and our sons were high school football players and wrestling background and all that. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah actually, I got a, I got a shipment of beer, beer heading yeah. out to Jason at the, the end of the month. So. You know, most people think this is a football podcast. It's probably a, a beer podcast more than is that what this, this, this is a football podcast. Well, You're doing well, a terrible I, job so well, far. Well, I mean, during the season it is, but uh, well, we during, talked about your uh, your career yes. with Craig yeah. Preps. It took like, about 17 seconds to cover that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So you do you start right away on February sixteenth? Uh, no, no. We're actually we're streaming five tournaments this year through D one baseball. So I'll go down and do one of those. Which now, we and just a full disclosure: D one baseball dot com yeah. is the premier college baseball site. You own that, or a part owner, or a full owner? Uh, no, I, I mean I get majority, I guess, but no, not it, all. I mean, how expensive is it to put on to stream games? Is that pretty pricey. Yeah, but it 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 worked last year. Did it? Yeah, it did. I mean, we had never done it and thought we'd try. Now it doesn't hurt when when you get LSU playing and they're number one, and that's the first tournament we did. We with the very first game that we streamed, it was LSU. They may have been playing Iowa, and um, Iowa won that, didn't it? Iowa beat them. Yeah. So <laughs> we think everything's all set, and and you know all the numbers going up to it are cool, and you start seeing people that are because it was kind of a true pay per view model last year. And it overloads the server right at the beginning. Like, first time we've ever done this. And for the first 45 minutes, it's like kind of hit or miss and everything else. And I'm doing the game, but then my phone is blowing up. Are because, you getting pissed at the same time? Well, my cell phone is on the, the – the like, if you go on D1 and you sign up for a subscription, and you, it's my cell phone that shows up for customer service. <laughs> so <laughs> I am getting blown that, that's up. Like, that's like – Kyle's version of we send beer to MCL. Oh, it was so we get 
<clears throat> so I'm Kendall Rogers, one of my partners is next door. We're trying to finally we get it all figured out, whatever. It, it, the rest of it goes, the next two weekends go great. But I had 98 voicemails after the game. Like 97 were from the state of Louisiana. And some of these were the greatest voicemails you've ever heard in your entire life. Like, I've never been called names like this in my entire life. <laughs> you listen to, I mean, some of them you listen to it and you're like, I don't think they should let that person drive. Like, ever. Not just now, because they were watching the game and boozing, but they should not drive at all. Um, but then ultimately, all, all got figured out. And you find, I mean, I think that Husker fans are this way to some extent, but in the SEC, like, I mean, they're the happiest people in the world when they're winning. Like, they love you. I mean, it's the great... We can. I could. I could not know who won a game, and I could look at the Twitter feedback after the game and tell you who won the game. Because if it's Ole Miss playing Mississippi State and Ole Miss wins, all the Ole Miss fans tell you how great you are, and all the Mississippi State fans tell you how much you suck. It goes every time. The losing fans tell you how bad you were at doing the game and how big of a homer you were, and the winning fans tell you how great of a job. Did you ever take it personal? When did you learn to let it blow off the shoulder? Uh, I mean, most days I do. There was one last year that I got I, I got into it with a guy back and forth, which was stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, hell, it's they're fans. I mean, it, thank God for them. I mean, if we didn't have them, then we wouldn't have a job. But um, it's you know, fans short for fanatic. Like they're in it because they want their team to win, and sometimes the way that they look at the game isn't necessarily from ten thousand feet. It's like they're wearing a jersey. What's the best place to call a college baseball game? I love Ole Miss. I mean, and I, I am a little bit biased now because I'm taking my son down there, and I know your daughter works down there. It was a huge help for us, actually. We were going through everything. Um, I love Ole Miss. I love Mississippi State. Um, LSU's fun just because it's still LSU. They, they'll end up – I think they're probably going to have to do something at that stadium here pretty quick just to – Really? Yeah, I mean, that was like – I mean, 15, 18 years ago. And not like knock it down or anything like that. But well, you know what a shithole is? Haymarket's a shithole now. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, I'll tell you the other one. Arkansas is a blast. Arkansas really? is an awesome place to go call a game. Arkansas, Arkansas is probably, when you, especially if you include the indoor facility. I bet over the last 10 years, Arkansas has put damn near $100 million into that facility. Really? Oh, it's insane. What they just did beyond right field is it, it, it just, they, they've got 32 suites with a waiting wow. list for baseball. It's crazy. I don't think Nebraska's got that for football. I don't think it does either. Yeah, 32. It's nuts. 32. But, but, Rob, you looked at me. Haymarket's gone to – it's not a good stadium anymore. They haven't put any money yeah. into it. They, and then you have the ownership and the university. Yeah. I don't think oh, they play yeah, very nice. They, they went for years with Buck Belcher. Yeah. But, yeah. but like when Haymarket Buck, opened, it was I, awesome. I, yeah, I was going to say incredible. Omaha Westside's high school stadium is better than Buck Belcher. Yeah, they go Westside. You had to go west side on that. And, I did. Yeah. Sorry, prep kid. Did you wear the west? Oh, yeah, I forgot you had a wrestling meet tonight. Yeah. Well, you're surrounded by three prepsters. I, I, I'm i prep honorary because... He's the voice of the Jays. Yeah, He's the right. new Barry Silverstein. <laughs> <laughs> what was the... I don't even remember the last time prep beat west side in football. Uh, Owen's senior year. Before my kid, Was it really? Before yeah. my kid was played there. Yeah. Owen's, He's a sophomore in college Owen's now. senior year. See, he still has that, that, that claim to fame. I think Westside's got two double win seasons over prep and football in the last five How years. We, this is my fault. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah I, you know, I retract that. He statement. brought up Buck Belcher. Um, and, and, <laughs> no, and, and I was I was there when that's what we had when Nebraska. Remember it. Um, the scouts stood down below. Yeah. Remember? Oh, like yeah. Underneath the, the yep. stadium and yeah. all the way down there. You went to Stanford. How hard was it 
to turn John Sanders down and Jim Hendry down at Creighton? Uh, well, Jim wasn't there. Oh, he was? Who was no, there? so it was Dom. Dom already. But huh? they Wenberg had just been there. He left. They yeah. didn't really have a pitching coach. So, But two of my closest friends went there to play. And actually, like four of the guys, four guys that I played on pace setters with growing up all went to, to Creighton that year. So that that was the tougher one. Sanders was different. I mean, he, he came down and watched the game and said, hey, I heard you want to go out of state. And if you want to come down and take a visit, just let me know. And it just I'm like ah no it's a very wishy washy okay. recruiting pitch yeah so I didn't I didn't um, but obviously like the baseball environment at Nebraska then was very different even though Darren was there I mean it's kind of I think Darren's last year was ninety four ninety five Erstad yeah and that's when everything yeah. he, he was and and they I mean they had some really good players but they just didn't have a it, it wasn't a team that. You it wasn't hate. a. It wasn't good players. It wasn't a good program. No, it hadn't been. It hadn't been. And then you know Van Horn gets there and kind of changes absolutely everything, which is crazy. But when I mean Stanford's kind of like Notre Dame in football. If they call, you got to listen, right? Yeah. What's the recruiting pitch at Stanford that's, that Stanford makes? Um, and I, I mean, obviously, I'm not. You, I'm just like, what? What was, was? What was it about them that made you want to go there? So this the. Longtime assistant coach at Stanford's a guy named Dean Stotts. And Dean Stotts, I was fortunate when I was growing up, Mike Evans was one of my coaches. Mike was the pitching coach at Nebraska, was a head coach at Bellevue for a long time. Like baseball mind, about as good as anybody I've ever seen in my life. Well, Dean Stotts is the other one. And Stotts was a recruiting coordinator. Could have been a head coach at a bunch of different places, had played at Stanford. That's where he wanted to raise his family. So he comes in and sits down and and says, hey um, – I don't know if you're ever going to play for us. I honestly don't know. I, you might. I'm not sure. You get an opportunity. You can come in and compete against everybody else, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're going to play. I don't know. But if you're good enough, we'll give you a chance. And I signed for 10%. And when he left, I remember I looked at my dad. I'm like, okay, does he want me to go there? Does he not want me to go there? I'm trying to figure out exactly what just happened. But the fact that somebody was honest enough to walk in and go, dude, I don't know. I mean, we think you're – Probably pretty good, but shit, we're not going to know until you get there. But if you are good enough, you're going to play. And if you're not good enough, you're not going to play. Kind of at that time, I'm like, yeah, that's that's somebody I want to go play for. Um, and we, we was fortunate. We were good. I mean, we, we had some dudes. Um, when I got out there, and and it, it was it was a really cool run. You were the what Pac-10 freshman of the year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And actually, national that year. But, oh, really? Um, I should yeah, know we that. Tricked him that year. <laughs> whole lot of change-ups, Trav. We tricked him the whole year. <laughs> you know, in, in all seriousness, uh, baseball's starting, and when you're when you're down south, it's a lot easier. Nebraska's going to open up uh, at the Shriners Children's College Showdown. They start with Baylor, Texas Tech, then Oklahoma. But let's be honest, this is February sixteenth. These northern schools. Is there any way to alter the college baseball schedule? Or is it just too hard because they've already pushed the World Series back to later in June to when you played? Oh hell, it's almost a month. Later. Yeah, a month later. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just didn't no. seem like it's when not working. When you played, when was the College World Series? Late May, or first week. Of yeah, June? I feel like it was. Wow. At the the latest, it was it was early June. Yeah. God, I don't. I don't. Know, I'm sure it's just weird memory, but I don't remember it ever being that early. That's yeah. odd. There was also there was only one round of the postseason, so. It did. It cut the season by by a week because it was there was just a region. Yeah, you, there was a see, and that's the thing is like 
I kind of really started following college baseball um, when Van Horn got to Lincoln. That's when a lot of the state started. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was Creighton's run the one year, and obviously yeah. what Jim did there. But then when Dave showed up, yeah, it, it changed. Yeah, I mean, that's quick. when everybody started paying attention, and all of a sudden it's regional and super regional. And Yeah, it was Komen A, and then Jabba got there, and yeah. obviously Gordon and the run that they had. I, I don't – I mean, listen, I, you know, there's always the stories of – Best coaching job ever. What Van Horn did at Nebraska, based on what he walked into, and when he got here, I think they were still at Buck Belzer. I don't think they had moved. No, you're right. I think they won just they, after, the first year they qualified after. for the World Series was at Buck Belzer. Yeah, on the turf infield, yep. grass outfield. Yep. Like what that dude did here um, is fascinating when you look at just the status of college baseball and the way that it is. Because I mean, it's obviously it's very dominated by the South. It was all dominated by the South and the West at that point. Um, but it, it was unheard of to do what he did. It was not a baseball school. Mm-mm. No, it, but there was dudes like, I mean, this is a good baseball state and it's always been a good baseball state and guys kind of went all over the place a little bit, but he kept, he kept a lot of them here. Do you think Nebraska can ever get back to what it was or is it, or is it harder now being in the big 10 as opposed to the big 12? It's harder. Now, I mean, bringing UCLA, SC, Oregon, Washington in helps. I mean, two of those teams have been to Omaha in the last, you know, five years. You know what? I didn't even think about baseball for the Big Ten. Didn't even think about it with that. Okay, well, let me back up here on this. I mean, that's that's a super interesting question for me. Because when I thought about great baseball as a kid, I mean, you thought about Oklahoma State. Yeah. I mean, you you go from Big 8 to Big 12, but I mean – all the Texas schools, essentially. Yeah. I mean, you think about Rice, you think about Texas, you think about Texas Tech, um, you think about AM. I think about USC. Well, and I get that too. I, I guess I'm just saying that. I mean, I think about where Nebraska was at. And then you go to the Big Ten, and I swear to God, it's, it's almost like it's had a harder road to hoe in the Big Ten than it has in, in the Big 12. I think it's tougher to recruit. I think it's tougher to recruit the Texas kid when you're in the Big Ten. I think it's a lot easier to recruit the Texas kid when you're in the Big 12 to where you, you okay. know you're going to play yeah, some that, of those I mean, teams. that makes sense. And that's where you're going to pull some dudes out of. Um, but that being said, I mean, listen, Michigan played for a national title a few years ago. Indiana made it here. Like, the Big Ten has made huge strides in baseball in the last 10 years as opposed to what they had done since Larkin was at Michigan. I mean, they essentially went Larkin at Michigan to Indiana. And I don't think there had been one Big Ten no. team that made the College World Series. Um, so it's it's not it's a significantly better league than it used to be. But bringing those guys in, the and SC has not been very good, honestly, for the last fifteen years. But it's still SC. Like they're they'll they'll be all right. They'll get back there, and they were better last year. But it's UCLA. Oregon was damn close. Washington was here a few years ago in the College World Series. Oregon State's had those great teams. Oregon State had great teams, but got hosed out of the Big Ten. But, um, but yeah, from a Big Ten standpoint, man, the, the league is it, it's it got it got better with them coming in. Uh, yeah, you know, because yeah, I always I always thought basketball, football. I didn't put baseball in my yeah. wrestling, oh. volleyball. Yeah, volleyball would be a lot better. Yeah. Well, now I'm just saying Big Ten was great well, yeah. in wrestling and volleyball. Yeah. How'd that wrestling go that last Friday? Wait, uh, uh, you know, the Iowa-Nebraska matchup. <sighs> Iowa's still Iowa, dude. <laughs> they went, what, one, 7 out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly what it is. You know, it's, dude, Nebraska found it. Anyway. Well. I'll say this about Hutmacher. 
the dude's a beast. He's just not in wrestling shape. No, he's no, not. He's but not. I mean, that was he got out wrestled. But that might be the first time since he was maybe like a sophomore yeah. in high school that he got. Actually, you know what? So I, I, I he didn't did lose a, in high school. I did a deep dive into this. So I so um, this is a, a, wrestling's kind of like my that's my junkie sport. I'm a wrestling junkie. Was it growing up too, or you just? Um, I I didn't wrestle until junior high, okay. which is kind of weird because even you go back to the 1970s, 1980s, the guys who wrestled started wrestling when they were like two years old. Yeah, it's a thing. Travis knows he's from Iowa. I'm from Iowa. It's true. Um, so I was kind of a latecomer to it, and it's the one sport I was I, I ever did that I liked practice. Really? Yeah. I mean, you talk to most athletes, and it, so let, let me ask you a question. You loved base playing baseball, right? Did you love practice? No, because we had to run. Yeah. I mean, I loved. I, I loved football. I loved playing football. I loved being a football player. I did not like football practice. Yeah. I loved wrestling practice. Lost Why? my sophomore and junior years to shoulder injuries. There was two. There was two out of the three surgeries right there. I just did. I loved it. Okay. That's a that's a weird one to like because you're running all the time. Oh, it's trying brutal. to lose weight. It was br- yeah. well. I was a heavyweight. Of course, I was a 210 pound heavyweight going against 285 pound guys. The wrestling people listening to this will get it. I, I was Greg Kirkvliet before Greg Kirkvliet. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but I I love the sport. I love doing it. A- anyway, um, where was I going with? This? I have no idea. Talking about loving, loving practice. Yeah, loving practice. Yeah, there's not. This is like back to the Iverson deal. No, it, it practice. There's not a whole lot. Practice. We're talking, talking about, about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Yeah. We won't let you out of here before yeah. you talk about Husker baseball. Yeah, we we what, wandered. What is there, the sorry. prognosis for Husker baseball this year? I don't know. I mean, I, I think you know when Will got here. I think given the history and what had happened at A and everything else, I do think there was some. Probably unreal, which I mean, this is kind of what fans are based on, but I think some unrealistic expectations about just immediately like we're we're going to a super, and it's still hard to do here. It's really hard to do here. Um, I think he's done a really good job of keeping in-state kids. I mean, you're talking about I don't know if we were doing it here. Or, yeah, you're talking about on here with with the Cristo kid. Yeah, like Stanford was all over him. Stanford really wanted him, and, and obviously he stayed put. So I think Will's done a really good job of that. But then it's it's a matter of staying healthy and honestly having a few kids that show up that maybe you think aren't quite there and end up getting there. Um, but I, I would I would think they're going to be competitive. The, the challenge, I mean, you were talking about the first few games. Like I think it's always the toughest thing. I mean, you're coming out. So what do they go? Baylor, Tech, OU. Then they go play Grand Canyon. It was actually, I mean, Grand Canyon is a pretty good club last year. College of Charleston. College of Charleston down there too. And South Alabama, who's a regional team, usually wants that every two years. Um, I mean, that's what you open with. It's just, it's the biggest Midwest challenge. I mean, you can, I don't care what indoor facilities you have. And I know that Nebraska probably has as good indoor facilities as anybody in the country from a baseball standpoint. It's still different when you get outside. It's just, it's it's different. So you got to kind of, Hope you get some RPI builders early that you can steal a win or two, and then ultimately when you when you actually know what your club is, um, then get into Big Ten and make a run. 
So when do you start hitting the road? You know, got your got your schedule up yet? Uh, no, early March. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll we'll kind of start in March and then we're off. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. You come yeah. back again sometime? Yeah. You, 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 yeah. We, we, it's a football like, show, so I don't know if you want me back. <laughs> it, it's an everything show. It's a history show. It's a beer show. It's it, it's whatever. If you haven't uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so. Just uh, look for Doc Talk Sports on YouTube. Follow Dr. Rob on Twitter at Doc Talk Sports. Like our Facebook page. And yes, even follow us on TikTok. Big thanks to Husker Max for distributing this podcast. Head to HuskerMax.com for the latest news and opinions from a variety of voices about Nebraska athletics. For Kyle Peterson, for Dr. Rob Zaniska, and the visionary, Mr. Owen Justice. By the way, go to OwenJusticeMusic.com and uh, look up his his album, Upstream, on wherever you stream your music. Give it a listen. And uh, we had a lot of comments in the YouTube uh, about your music, Owen. So people are listening. People are listening. Just to let you know. If you want to book him, go to OwenJusticeMusic.com. We'll see you next time on the Doc Talk Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports.